And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. When last we spoke, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, you had yet to cross the threshold to a new age, but now, for the first time ever, we hear from 40-year-old Doc Manson, what say thee, O wizened one? I'm in my prime! (laughs) DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. That is true. It is good to see you as well, sir. Yeah, I had a birthday. It was it was fun. I'm uh I am tired today though, let me tell you. Uh, I slept for about three and a half hours last night. Okay, well let's get let's get right into that. Why I mean, no particular reason. I just I just couldn't sleep. And because you're old and you're pondering your own mortality, what's going on? Um I don't think so. I really just couldn't sleep. I wasn't like, I wasn't anxious about anything or I think I, I well, you know, we're, we're, we're rapidly approaching the end of the semester. And so there is a lot more going on. And so I wouldn't doubt like if my subconscious is just like constantly thinking about all the shit I have to do, but like, I'm not consciously doing it at least, which I view as a win for me. Um, and I'm so t- I'm so freaking tired that there's no way I won't sleep tonight. So, so whatever, we'll be good. I will say though, with the, like the, I don't know what it is, but I don't know something about this room or it's the fact that it's spring. I can't breathe in here. My nose just. Gets I was gonna congested. say you sound very very stuffy. I was fine five minutes ago before I came in this office, and I noticed last night as well. I got super congested. And two nights ago, I got super congested. So I don't know, man. I need to do some spring cleaning in here, do some dusting. I don't know what's going on here, but I got to do something. I I have to. Are you exaggerating it now for the show, or is this how you're going to sound the entire podcast? I'm exaggerating it a little bit. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sounding nasally. But also, you know, you're also eating something. So it's true. I'm eating a friendly celebration. Ice cream cake, little cup. Oh, what was thing. that nice? All right. Yeah. So let's see. You you couldn't sleep. You're having trouble no. sleeping. Um, and you don't think that's a forty thing. You think that's just a. <clears throat> uh, have you struggled with insomnia in the past? Not really. I'm sure that a younger self, college days or something, would have said. Like all young people do. Oh, insomnia. But really, I just had poor sleeping habits. Sure. You know? That's a different thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, hey, my birthday was good. Uh, last week, my birthday. Uh, when, I, I, when last we spoke, you were a little down on the birthday. You weren't necessarily sure. You were you were excited about it. You didn't think anything fun was going to happen. You were You were expecting just sort of. <clears throat> a boring a boring day is that what happened no no so what um what no, don't be wrong like there were no surprises but essentially the kind of stuff that i said early on well okay there was a surprise actually um i was gonna say i i would have hoped there was a surprise well i mean i mostly just did the stuff that i figured i was going to do yes. on my birthday again 
we knew that the stars had a line. The mm-hmm. constellations were at their proper uh, point in the sky. So, you know, I did have to go to work that morning, but made it a short day. And the night before, we had bought some movie tickets online. See a nice uh, af- early afternoon showing of The Evil Dead Rise. Excellent. Which I enjoyed. Um, you know, it's it's not as fun as the old Evil Dead movies. Like this was more self serious and gory and gross, like twenty the twenty thirteen remake, which I don't like as much. I still liked it, um, and I will say there was. I think there was a little bit of camp in this one. Just a, a few brief asides, a few camera shots and things, and there was uh, some chanting by Deadites of "Dead by Dawn," which of course is a favorite moment from the original Evil Dead Two. So that was a nice nod. Um, and there was also a uh, spoilers, I suppose, but there was also a nice uh, eyeball ejecting from one's face, flying across the room and being swallowed by another character. So again, some camp and mm-hmm. homages to the original Evil Dead too, which I did appreciate. Uh, I just wish that I just wish these movies were allowed to be more fun now. Like I, I just feel like they're trying to make things as icky and gross because they feel like they have to escalate for a desensitized modern audience. And what, was don't the, be wrong, parts was, of it is was, fun. Was the cheese grater moment as gross as you feared? I could have been a lot grosser, um, but I still think it probably would be difficult for somebody to watch if you've got any sort of aversion to that sort of thing. I think it. I think it mostly rivaled the electric knife to the tongue, you know. So. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So we did that. And that was good. Let me tell you, though. Haven't been to the theater in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And um, they do, obviously, like, they do their trivia thing beforehand, which is the most irritating fucking thing in the world. Was it called Nuvie? Yeah. They're, they're, they're hosted by Maria Menounos thing before yeah, the movie? Yeah, she's... She is awful, huh? <laughs> but uh, we, um, but we beyond went, that, we went to a movie recently. It started, I think, twenty five minutes later than it was supposed to. Yeah, after there all, was thirty minutes of trailers and commercials. Yeah, and we're looking at, we're like, are we going to miss our dinner reservation for this oh, hour and a half long dinner reservation? So we also made a dinner reservation, and we went to a local, well, local to the theater place, uh, a place that we like to go uh, grill. Uh, and it, you know, they served a great steak there. I got myself an old fashioned. It was delicious. Um, had a beautiful filet mignon. Uh, Mrs. Manson had some crab cakes, and that was good. And then I figured, ah, we'll head home. And I start. I came upstairs and I started playing a new video game that I had picked up called Wall World, and I'll maybe talk about that later. Um, and I was just sort of settling in to play some of that. Mm-hmm. And I was midway through a run when Mrs. Manson comes upstairs and says, uh, hey, are you busy? And I was like, no. And she says, well, I think I'm going to need your help downstairs right now. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, uh, give me a second. I just got to finish off what I'm doing here. And mm-hmm. she was already downstairs. And then suddenly I hear my dog going insane. I'm like, okay, what is going on? So I go outside and I sort of, you know, where my office is, we kind of have like this balcony that looks down towards the front door. Mm-hmm. And so I see this 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 person outside and they've got this stop and shop grocery bag. And it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm like, did Mrs. Manson order like Instacart from stop and shop? 
Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. And but I'm trying to get down the stairs quickly so I can help with the dog who's going insane. And it's not until like I get right around the corner at the bottom of the stairs, right next to the door, when this person who's on my stoop comes inside. Yeah. And it's GQ. Hey. He brought me uh he brought me an ice cream cake. Nice. He brought me cannolis from the place that you had mentioned on the podcast last week because he had just listened to the episode. Uh-huh. He brought me uh biscotti as well as some almond cookies from that same place. So uh oh and and three giant bags of of pickle flavored potato chips. So I was lavished in gifts, completely surprised. I had no idea he was coming. Mm-hmm. But we made it a movie night as well. Uh, obviously Joe Bob Briggs had the premiere. So we watched Zombie or originally called Zombie 2, but the Italian zombie film later in, just renamed to Just Zombie. Um which is a Lucio Fulci classic. Enjoyed watching that quite a bit. Um, and the second movie was The Beyond. That was starting just shortly after midnight. But yes, GQ said, oh, I have to do things in the morning. I guess I'll get going. And I was yeah. like, yeah, get the hell out of here. And yeah, that was basically my birthday. So nothing too surprising except for GQ. That was that was an honest to God surprise. Like I saw him outside. I said I always looked quickly because I was trying to get downstairs. I really thought it was just some random delivery guy. Um, I did not recognize him at all from from a. But again, I was moving quickly, so I was very surprised when I got downstairs. I, I was not I expecting that. that at all. I love that that GQ did something for his friend Doc Manson for his fortieth birthday. That makes me really happy. You're just jealous. I'm being 100% sincere in saying that I love that GQ cared enough about his good friend, Doc Manson, who he has known since high school. They sat together at their friend Rob's house in the middle of the night eating calcified I, fat I, chicken I wings. Th- oh, wait. No, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about someone else he was friends with eating chicken wings who invited him to his home hundreds of times let him sit on his couch and spend hours uh, trying to decide on the proper eyebrows for the GQ create a wrestler went upstairs and slept in his own bed rather than sleeping on the floor in the living room with his friends (laughs) I'm a jackass yeah you are and I have been no honestly though I think that's awesome I am delighted that that happened I think um, Mrs. Manson may have um, instigated that a, a, a little bit ahead of time, and perhaps was fun. I I I had heard rumblings that something was going to happen. I I had I didn't know specifics. I but I, I actually we we were eating, and I had to go upstairs for a minute. I started coming back downstairs, and when I did come back downstairs, the first thing GQ said is, "Okay, Doc." Um, while you're upstairs, I got another surprise for you. DC! DC, come on out! DC! And I was immediately like, he is not here. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, damn it! <clears throat> um, you're right, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> it, it was, how, it was, how great would it be if, I, if we signed up to do this podcast 
And I was like in a closet of your house and had been there for like five days, just sort of be like, I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Um, oh, and then my 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 present like my present beyond going to the movies and getting a surprise GQ um was uh a cameo, actually. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out. Because this is what I have known about. Okay. Yeah, so Mrs. Manson got on the cameo and got me a nice personalized message from one Joe Bob Briggs. That and it was fantastic. Really well tied timed, right? I mean mm-hmm. in the in it he was talking about, you know, how uh I guess Mrs. Manson must have told him that, you know, I was a big horror fan and that the plan for my fortieth birthday was literally to watch the last drive in, then also to go see the Evil Dead Rise. Um, he assumed we were on the West Coast because he was like, you know, my show goes super late. If you're going to the movies after that, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you must really be one of them drive-in mutants, you know? And he, so he, he actually, he talked for like a good over four minutes on this cameo. He was talking about, you know, my birth year and talking about like giving me recommendations. He's like, next time, if you're not going to do it this year, next year, what you got to do is you got to watch all these movies that were released in 1983. Like it was a great year for horror. And so there's, if you haven't seen them and listed off like five or six movies, were there, were were there any of them you hadn't seen? Yes. Okay. I I say I seen maybe half of them. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little more than half. There was one or there was at least two in there. I I had not seen. That's impressive. Songs I will have to check out for sure. (laughs) So, so that was a nice surprise. I was not expecting something like that. So Mrs. Manson had sent a message. I'm assuming it went also to GQ. Um, but sent a message to, to me being like, I'm, (laughs) I'm doing, okay, good. You got those. Um, I'm doing, you know, this thing, I'm going to reach out to Joe Bob. If you have anything you want to say, and it was a Wednesday that she sent it. So I said, it's bold of you to give me a big secret hours before I'm about to talk to your husband. So wait, wait. So what? What did she say in the message? I think she. I, she ba- I think she sent it to maybe me. I'm assuming GQ. Basically, like I'm gonna get Doc. Uh, I'm gonna look into getting him a cameo from Joe Bob Briggs. So if you have anything you want to mention, either horror related or some sort of like inside joke thing, let me know. I ignored okay. all of. I ignored all of that. And what I said was, it's bold of you to tell me this big secret hours before I'm about to talk to your husband on a podcast. <laughs> And she was like, you can't say anything. And I was like, uh, I can technically. And we went back and forth. She was like, I don't care what you talk about purple cows or something like that. So on that particular episode, I went out of my way to mention the purple cows. And you were like, what? And I just sort of let it go. <laughs> but I was like, cause I had to write a note. I had a big, uh, sticky note on my table right here saying, don't mention because you know me, I, I'm not a secret keeper. I totally would have ruined it by being like, oh, well, when Joe Bob talks to you on your birthday. Uh, so, uh, Mrs. Manson, I know you're listening to this. Just just don't include Uh-oh. DC in plans like this. It's it's fine. He's she never going to contribute. Anything she learned her lesson. Strife. She learned he's, her lesson. He's an agent of chaos. He's, he's only going to bring she, strife into your life. She learned her don't. lesson because she didn't tell me at all that GQ was coming over. So she Fair. learned her lesson. I was not. That was a genuine that surprise. I really did think at that point, basically, the day was over. We had done our stuff. We were just sort of settling in. We were going to wait. It would be a couple hours. And 
Last Drive would be coming <clears throat> on. So that was legitimately surprising. I got some Ooh, wonderful hugs. And uh, yes, I, thank I, you, I have GQ, now been, for thinking I have highly now been, enough of me to spend my birthday with me. Yes. Thank you, GQ. You love Doc. Uh, I have now the cameo. I've been sent the cameo. Oh, cool. So I can check it out, which is very nice. Uh, well, I am glad because you you were talking, you were you were a little like, uh, my birthday's not going to be a big thing. And I was like, I hope. Well, I mean, it wasn't, but that's OK. Uh, you had a friend surprise you. You had multiple food gifts. Uh, a, a person that you admire sent you a personalized message. You went to a movie. Yes. You know, you didn't, you know, go to. Yeah, the but cas- I mean, in fairness, it was it was only GQ. I love you, GQ. I do. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited when we have a summer. Hey, I had this thought. Doc's going to have more of a summer than he usually does. GQ's going to have a summer. I'm going to have a summer. I know he's got window washing schedules, but we can work around that. Oh, but yeah. We're going to write it. We're going to write a movie script this summer. Nice. We've got plans. Can't so. wait. It's going to be so good. Can't wait. Can't wait. Is it called Into the Night? Into the Night Part Two, Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. That's a yeah. Oh, well, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. But so the Actually, birthday in, was. It's not into the night. It's in the night, right? I said in the night, or did I say? I into think the I night? said. I think I said into the night. But anyways, because that's what I used to say. I thought it was called in the heat of the night. Well, that's a TV. That's a TV show. Heat of the moon. Were you a were you a Harry Belafonte Harry Belafonte fan? I could see you being a Harry Belafonte fan. I don't know who that is. I think he sang Deo, which is probably the worst song to know of his. I'm sure he sang many other ones, but I'm pretty sure he sang Deo. He said Deo, immortalized I mean, yeah, in Beetlejuice. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like that song. Okay. Daylight I don't know if I like anything else. But... Me wanna go home. <sighs> I wish I had gone to see, I, not that I want to go to Broadway, but I hope that they, uh, the Beetlejuice musical that they are doing, I hope that tours locally because I would like to go see Beetlejuice. It looked like a good show. Does it? I thought so. The guy who I played, did not know there was a Beetlejuice They, they were on show. Broadway for a while. They just closed within the last few months, but they did a, a Beetlejuice musical. I knew that um, Phantom... Uh, of the opera had had closed after well, like a 28 year run or yeah. something. Right. But, mm-hmm. but that's all I had heard about about Broadway. Interesting. 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 Uh, I don't know if people have, have chimed in in regards to the future of the podcast. It doesn't necessarily look like it, but it might uh, have. Well, we've you got given- 39 episodes left. Have you given any more thoughts? Are, are, are we saying 400? Yeah, we're saying 400. Okay. I, I was going to be content with like three, 370, 375, something like that. No, no, no. If we're going to do this, we're going at least to 400. Okay. And once we get to 400, we'll probably make it a nice round five. But <laughs> once we're at 500, I mean, we might as well go all the way to 1,000. So sure. we're halfway there. You're right. I mean, this would seem right. foolish to stop I, at that point. I had, I, I was brainstorming this afternoon. I'd woken up, I'd taken the afternoon off. I'd woken up from a little nap this afternoon. Feeling under the weather still? or well, Just, it was one of those, my wife has 
been feeling under the weather. So sleep has been also for us a little more difficult, not terrible. I got more than three and a half hours, but I was like, you know what? I'm taking the afternoon off. Let's nip this in the bud. Took a, took a nice little power nap and I'm laying in bed brainstorming and being like, well, what would we do if we didn't do wrestling? Like what other shows would we do? And I, and I went down a rabbit hole of ideas, which led to more rabbit holes, but now we got time. So, you know, so what, what'd you, what'd you come up with? Well, after going through the whole, you know, we could do a ranking thing. We could do a tournament thing. And I'm like, we're going to get bored of that in six weeks. Maybe. Maybe. And then I was like, you know what? We, we have, you know, improv experience. I won't say training. We have improv experience. Um. So maybe we could do some sort of, you know, improvisational thing where we do not like theater games, but we, you know, sort of create something. And then because I've been watching Dimension 20 and these Dungeons and Dragons things, I was like, I wonder if we could find some sort of like Dungeons and Dragons style, you know, immersive, like a role playing sort of thing, you know, where you're a hunter named Lokiron with a turtle and I'm, I'm a shaman named thunder beast or whatever. And I stumbled upon uh, a, a two to five player uh, role playing game called, and this is where I thought I'd actually hook you Lovecraft esque. And you, it is supposedly where you work together to create a story in the, in the style of uh, Mr. Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft, I believe is the name. Um, and so Hewlett you know, Packard Lovecraft. Is that his, is that his first name? Hewlett Packard? I think so. All right. That, that makes sense. We, let's not check that. Let's just go with it. Uh, and so have you I've, ever read anything by H.P. Lovecraft? No. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I, I've watched a, like a tabletop game that was also kind of, you know, in the Lovecraft style. And I've heard you talk about it. And I saw you in your, you know, Cthulhu mask, but no, but I, I downloaded the game because of course I could find it free online and I'm learning about it and, you know, doing all of this on the off chance. I had this whole idea that I was like, I'm, we're going to, I'm going to start the show. Just, this is his birthday present from me. We're going to do an entire episode. We're just going to dive right into the game. I'm not going to explain it at all. And I had the thought literally in my head, I'll be like, it'll be like a Herald. Wait, that failed miserably. I've never the, done a Herald. The last time. So. The reason why it failed, DC, is because I was not there. That's true. If you had waited to try it till I was there. As with, as with many of my creative exploits, I need, I need the Manson. Yeah. In order for it to be successful. I keep the heart pumping. I reach into the chest and I just start squeezing. Kalima, Kalima. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hey. I, you know, I, I, I had a, I, I had a moment where I was like, maybe, you know, like some sort of storytelling creative. I didn't know that you were writing a movie. I didn't know you were writing into the heat of the night or whatever it's called. Um, but I was like some sort of, you know, I'll give you a hint. It's okay. a horror movie. Yeah. I had a feeling. So, but yeah, I, you know, I was like, we need something creative, something that, you know, gets us excited because 
my my thought was what we're going to wind up doing if we did decide after 400 to turn out the lights on this enterprise and start something new we would just do this again just not talking about wrestling yeah probably and i was like we want you know we probably want something evergreen and you know something that we could if we wanted to bulk record some stuff and have things in the hopper and you know so i think i think we should do uh i I still think we should do a history podcast okay you teach me about history and we can eat but but in fairness we could teach each other about things that was it that was what i thought i i assumed i think we did talk about at one point i would teach you a little history and you would teach me a little science no none of that i'm gonna teach you all about uh conspiracy theories (laughs) And urban legends and UFOs and all that good. It's good stuff. Are you an expert in conspiracy theories or would you? Because the sound. I would read about them. This is this is a weird thing to discuss a podcast in which we would do homework. I have done homework for this show before. I am trying to think of a time in the last 361 episodes. If you recall, we recorded our first podcast the day that Rowdy Roddy Piper died. Yes. What else happened? On that show? It might have been the next one. I Remind me, what happened? I got a phone call. Oh, yes, that's right. So, up until recently, I, I have been fully employed in a position that, I, that, that took up... An, Took up my time, DC. True. I now have a. I time. now have time that I consider mine. Now, I don't know that it's always going to feel that way, but I at the same time I kind of feel like with my current position, it's only going to get lighter in terms of the prep that I need to do and, and so on and so forth. That depends on you because every time I talk about it with you, you're talking about these grand ideas. I'm going to change this. I'm going to add this. And I do think I'm going to do that stuff. But honestly, like, I think especially this last year, and I'm sure next year will be similar to some extent, but less. It's really about refamiliarizing myself with the content and having to do that on a rolling basis, keeping a few steps ahead of where we are in class. You know, um, so that. I can be a productive teacher. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about. But in fairness, like, I mean, you know, people, these are complex subjects. Like, you do have to review it before you um, lecture on it. I just feel like the more that I do that, the more times I'm able to repeat and do just repetition of it, the less I'm going to have to do that. And that, to me, is the time-consuming stuff, really. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I want to do a whole new series of, assessments or something right like Mm -hmm. not to say necessarily that i would because i'm a giant procrastinator but i could get all that stuff done up front right like over a summer break or something and then be able to not be busy doing that during the actual um semesters i don't know i i feel like i feel like the possibilities exist so what you're saying is that you think that in our next venture, whatever it is, you will be willing and able to put work in. Yeah, I mean, when you say it like that, probably not. Yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not saying I, I fully believe that you are capable. I fully believe that you are able to do it. The willing, the willing (laughs) part. Are you saying that I'm a bad partner? Not in the slightest. I don't think you are a bad partner, but I think one one of the appeals of the show is that we just sit down, press record, and the show comes out. I looked at this Lovecraft Lovecraft esque game for like an hour and a half before we started recording, just trying to figure out a what the hell it was and b how it was like how it would work in this sort of format. Would it work in this format? Because I'll admit, you started talking about this thing, and I said, "Have you ever read an H.P. Lovecraft book?" And that was as much as I really thought about anything you were saying. I'm sorry for not taking you seriously and your efforts seriously. DC. I'm interested now. Tell me about this game. What does it actually entail? So it, it is a game for two to five players. Uh, and it is is a five. No, I think we would play two. Um, and it is a cooperative game in which you are telling a story together. So you, we would alternate the game technically is played where the two people are kind of alternating between being the narrator of the story and playing the witness, the sort of central character of the story who is undergoing whatever uh, unusual events are happening in this Lovecraftian um, thing. I figured since I have the materials and such, I would probably be more of the narrator and you would be more of the witness. And it is, you're sort of adding clues to it. It is this, you know, you're both working together to build a story that eventually leads to confronting with this monster that again is created as we go. Um, The entire essence is in a story like this, we don't win. It is a game in which the story is the thing. Not necessarily to say that the witness dies at the end, but it's, it's a Lovecraftian monster. I'm under the, the assumption again, not having read any Lovecraft that these sort of entities cannot die. Am I correct in that? Um, Sure, but they they they're very sleepy. Yes, yeah. I you can you know perhaps you're victorious in the sense that you are able to you know put the put the creature back to slumber or what have you. Um, right, right. But there's Without always losing the your mind first. Yes, yeah. there's always the threat that arises. Again, I'm not sure that I would be entirely prepared for it now. But if we're talking about something, right, let's do it right now. Let's start. No, I love no. when you say, "I'm not sure if I'll be prepared." That's the perfect time. Let's go. I I was I was thinking about it, and then I was like, you know what? We're gonna get ten minutes in, and you're either going to uh, succumb to your nature to obstruct, which is part of the appeal of the show, or I'm gonna start feeling. Uh, self-conscious which is also part of the appeal of the show and you know it's going to fall apart but i i was tempted to send you the materials because again you you create the witness you decide what their motivations are you pick a location and some you know secondary locations and then you sort of just begin telling the story so i had seen some sort of pre-prepped scenarios of you know you're exploring you're a scientist exploring the mariana trench with you know, a group of other people and 
you know, one of the other people is obsessed with this massive shape they claim they saw. So I was changing the names of the characters. I'm like, all right, that's totally GQ. And then, you know, there's this young, uh, not very capable person who has obviously been sent as a representative of some big, you know, like oil company. And I was like, well, that's clearly me because I'm not going to know what I'm doing. And so, you know, that's, that's, again, as, as we start thinking of the future of the show, I'm all for a teaching show, although I don't want to be restricted just to history. I feel like I should be able to teach. If, if we're taking turns teaching each other things, I should be able to teach you whatever I want. Are we taking turns or is it a show where every show we each bring something? Oh. Or is that too much? Because then that means I suppose it no depends. off weeks. I, I suppose it depends on what it is. You know, if, if you're going to bring, you know, the chupacabra, if we're talking about like how much The goat time- sucker. How much time do you think you're going to need to, to, to properly teach me about that? Plenty. So that's it. I would imagine, you know, if we're, if we're doing, again, if we're doing evergreen content, perhaps it is, you know, we could do a 90 minute to two hour show and we each have time to, you know, do our thing or it's a shorter show that is more, your week, my week, whatever. I could see you as a as a goat sucker. Thank you. Is that a is that an affectionate term or, or am I the chupacabra? Both. Okay. My little chupy. <laughs> that sounds inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh, we would be remiss since we are still technically a wrestling podcast for apparently the next 39 weeks or so. Um, we would be remiss in not mentioning at least some uh, wrestling news. The draft is coming up Friday. On Monday, Triple H unveiled a new World Heavyweight Championship. Is it uh, like an undisputed championship. So now there's it is one belt or there will be a universal title and there will be a world heavyweight title. So Roman will keep his belt. I assume he'll get a new one and they'll get rid of the two that he's carrying. So what um, are they getting rid of? Was it? I don't, he's technically, I don't know the names of his title. He had the universal title and I think he had the world title. Or no, maybe he's gonna have the universal. No, he probably has he probably has the WWE title. So he will be the universal champion. And then the other brand, I'm assuming Roman will go to SmackDown because Fox pays more money. Uh, the other brand will have the world heavyweight championship, which looks like the big gold belt if you slapped a WWE. Why doesn't Roman just have both belts? The idea is that um there will be two. I think we're going back to more of a hard brand split where there will be but a raw roster. Shouldn't he have to lose? No. One of his belts for this to happen? Nope. They're creating the title. and So and now there's three titles I, at the top of the card? I Because he think has two. Technically, I think, I believe technically his two will be merged into just one belt and then there will be a new one. I'm so glad I don't watch this show anymore. And it will be decided in Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions. They will crown a new 
World Heavyweight Champion. You know, I, I didn't think my last sentence could be any more <laughs> pertinent than it was, but now I'm so glad I don't watch the show anymore. Uh, you know, I was going gusto. I had watched some. I, I'm a little... Maybe we start transitioning because I'm like, do I want to really be the person that has to report on the goings on of wrestling for the next 39 weeks? Not really. I think so. I think that's your penance. For what? For starting this show in the first place. <laughs> I've got to see it through to the end. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. Rub your know. little face in it, little goat sucker. <laughs> Love yeah, you, Choopy. We have a title of the episode. Choopy, yeah. Choopy the goat sucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh I, I will offer, since we are, we're 36 minutes in and you have admitted to being sleepy, would you like to go to the emails or would you like a hypothetical? I forgot all about the hypothetical. Uh, you got to hype me up first. That's how the show works now. All right. Move to the Chuck Klosterman hypotheticals here. Uh, I did not uh, let you choose one last time because there was a birthday one, so it seemed appropriate. I am going to pick three, and I will read you the names. You can then choose which one. Uh, option one, worldwide perfection. Option two, the price of sex appeal. Option three, Shaquille in the shower. Worldwide perfection. Worldwide perfection. I have noticed something. I read you these. You tend to go for the, the, the most, I won't call it mundane, but the least outlandish name. So Shaquille, we did that one other time, but there was one that I was sure you would have picked and you picked sort huh. of just the regular one. Here we go. Worldwide perfection. Jesus, this is long. Scientists build a massive space station. That allows mankind to control the worldwide weather. As a result, there are no more weather emergencies. No more droughts, floods, or tornadoes. And global warming has been eliminated. All right. How, however, there is an immediate demand for perfect days. Because the weather can be controlled, many people want the weather to be nicer and more predictable. A large segment of the populace wants there to be two specified dates. I'm going to change this for the April 21st and October 21st, where every place on earth would simultaneously experience ideal weather conditions for 24 hours. These two days would become worldwide holidays, ideal for weddings, reunions, outdoors, sporting events, and any tourism or traveling that demands meteorological perfection. Every community on Earth would have perfect weather on those two designated days. However, the environmental community claims this might be risky. There is no precedent for worldwide perfection, and environmental leaders fear that this could create problems we cannot foresee. It can't be nice everywhere says Universal Weather Czar Al Gore, 
At any given moment, at least one-third of the planet needs to be dealing with semi-crappy weather. However, no one can specifically prove why this perfection would be dangerous, since it's never happened before. Where do you stand on this issue? Do you want these perfect, if potentially harmful, days? No. Because, okay, like, if there's no evidence that it would be harmful, I don't know why anybody would think it's going to be harmful. Like, yeah. there's no science behind that. Because one assumes that the whole weather climate control thing is backed by science, which is evidence-based. Yes. So if there's no evidence that there would be harm, it's not even a problem to begin with. That's not me ob- obstructing. It's just, well, I guess it is. I'm just, I'm finding fault in the scenario no, they're putting I, forth. I'm with you in terms of, of this. I, th- there is no and, reason that this, this card does not provide a reason why it needs to be bad. Yeah, and so like beyond that, like also like you could still basically accomplish that. I mean, we have time zones. Like you, you could say that on April 21st, in your time zone from 9 a.m. to to whatever is going to be nice. But we're going to start rolling. You know what I mean? And keep the crappy weather in the nighttime zones, right? Mm-hmm. My thought is why, again, unless there is a scientific reason that I am not aware of, why couldn't there be perfect weather most of the time? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think you need to have rain, like, you know, April showers, bring May flowers and all that, right? There's a need for other types of weather, but you could, you literally could schedule it. Like, you know what I mean? You could say every week, Monday through Friday, is going to be beautiful weather. Yeah. Or maybe maybe Mondays are going to rain because everybody has to go back to work. So Monday's going to rain. But Tuesday through sun Saturday, beautiful. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could schedule that. And it doesn't even have to be the same day every week if, you, if you're afraid of the monotony, right? You could have it set up where in January, here's our weekly or bi-weekly day that's going to rain. Put it on your calendar. So you can plan ahead. So, you know, sporting events and weddings and whoever can plan ahead. Yeah. There's no reason why, like, most days could be perfect if you did that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we've advanced to this level of technology with a space station that's allowing worldwide control of weather, what else is automated? Do I go to work in this scenario of course you do because it's got to still be a capitalist dystopia nobody said anything about that changing so you're a working class you're gonna work till you're dead just like i suppose that is technically true depressing yet technically yeah you know i i think you could have i think saying two perfect days is is thinking and like two perfect days a year is not enough perfect days that's what i'm saying like people would be burning the burning the establishment down if you know, they were like, there's only two perfect days of the year and you're going to put the Super Bowl on one of them and whatever on the other. And what, yeah. I'm supposed to have my wedding today 
and every other fucking person in the world is supposed to have my wedding yeah. today. How, it's never how, high are the, how high are the prices for those venues going to be on April 21st? Unaffordable by anybody in our working class. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could set up, like you said, set up a rotation or, you know, yeah, we're going to have, there are going to be five perfect days a week, one day or four. One day it'll be a little cooler. One day it'll be a little hot. One day it's going to rain and it's going to rain the perfect amount. Keep the water level steady and all of that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> again, I think we found with these hypotheticals that we could write better ones. Maybe that's what the new podcast is. Come up with better scenarios. Maybe we just poke holes in things that other people have worked really hard on. That's the entire show. Poking holes in the hard on. That is the title that I heard. Uh so, yeah, there we go. Uh, well, now that we have had a hypothetical, unless you are willing to double dip into the hypotheticals. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we actually, we, uh, no, I think this is appropriate time to All right. move over. Let's transition to the emails. We do have five. Thank you to the people who chimed in last minute. Uh, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. The first one is from Brandon Banks. Less effort. Yep. Sent for my iPhone. Thanks, Brandon. Did we for... ask? Is that is that a response to something? I think um, he sent something. He sent happy birthday wishes. And I think we asked. I probably asked for a little more effort uh, from his emails. This is and your fault, is a, then. That, as always. <laughs> uh, Tim. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the old side of life. Da-da, 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 da-da. The weather is awful. Your joints will ache, and you will suddenly want dinner at 4 p.m. every day. Tim, I've wanted dinner at 4 p.m. since I was in my mid-20s. <laughs> Please don't talk about stopping. I guess you could talk about changing the format to a fireside chat, but don't stop. <laughs> I, I tell my wife about the episode every week especially how she is more valuable to me than two 20-year-olds. Yeah, you got to let them know. You got to make them feel like they're wanted, even when they're not. Love you, Mrs. Manson. My DIY LED lights I built for my youngest decided to fry the other day. Aww. Spent eight hours going through all of the testing, reconfiguring, and reconnecting terminals. End result, the thing that supposedly never goes bad went bad yeah when leds do burn out like there's almost nothing to be done it's usually just the damn thing burned out so that's unfortunate i agree yes it's frustrating shut up choopy you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> aside from that today was a great day spent the day listening to duck dick and brandon <laughs> well let's just call him buffalo ball sack for the sake of continuity <laughs> Measured out some new power cables for my server, then cleaned up some networking cables. The J-O-B fills the ear, the my ear holes wonderfully. You're very welcome. Doc, have you found a new time sink of a game lately, or have you stuck with Vampire Survivors? I know you're going to talk about it. Do you want to just, do we want to break format and you just do it now? I mean... I don't think it's my piece of positivity, so... Oh, well, then in which case... Yes, yeah, so I'm playing a game called Wall World, which is kind of fun. Um, it's a... It's a... 
it is a rogue light game, which is to say it's run based. But as you're playing, you build up a currency. And when you die, you can invest currency in permanent upgrades, um, which make the next run more approachable. Uh, the basic gameplay loop is you are the pilot of like a spider mech. And this is all like really low resolution, eight bit style graphics, right? Uh, you pile this, this spider mech that is on a wall. Like literally the whole right side of your screen is just a vertical wall. It's like, and this is a world where like, apparently like they don't know if there is a planet below anymore or above or whatever. They're just, they've always lived on the wall. Okay. And you're in this mech and ostensibly what you do is you climb this wall and periodically you'll find these little uh, cracks in the wall, which you can then use with the mech. Uh, you'll, you'll use shoot a laser that drills into it and you can get out of the mech and you go into the wall and you're just your little guy and you've got this mining laser and you start blasting out cubes and as you blast them out you can go further in right and sometimes gems are dropping from the things you're blasting out so you've got a little vacuum that you can use to suck up the gems and your vacuum fills up and then you have to go back to the spider mech to deposit the gems and you can go back and mine more and as you're mining you'll find like um weapon upgrades sometimes or blueprints or other stuff as well so you get back in the mech you can spend those gems to upgrade your systems on the mech and etc and the other thing with the game is there's also a there's well there's two timers there's one at the top of the screen which is counting down from like i don't know it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes um and that is some sort of like big old boss that is coming that you that's basically going to be the end of your run when it shows up um but then you also have a mini timer that's cycling maybe every minute or two minutes. And these are smaller waves of enemies that come for the mech. So as you're mining, you have to keep an eye on the timer because you have to get back to the mech to pilot the mech to defend yourself against the wave of enemies. Finish off the wave, go back to doing more mining, and you're building up your defenses in anticipation of this big, bad uh, guy coming, assuming you survive to that time, right? Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's slow going. And I think, you know, the early game, I think that timer is a little bit too quick. I feel like I'm constantly having to go back, but there's clearly permanent upgrades that you can get eventually that extend that timer. So like, I understand that the balance is not perfect out of the gate because you have to work, build towards that. Right. Um, but it is fun. I think the controls are a little clunky, um, but I'm enjoying it overall. It's kind of fun. The Zen of the mining but also combined with the fact that you do have that time pressure and those waves and, and upgrades. I love upgrades and I always I'm always a sucker for run based games where you get to invest in upgrades like it's just it's a nice feedback loop. And, you know, with that timer at the top of the screen, your entire your entire run isn't going to go more than 20 minutes assuming you even make it, you know? Um, and so that's, I don't know. And there's some sort of bigger story happening too. The thing that I just discovered, and this might be a spoiler. I don't know if you, if you're going to play wall world, maybe, maybe skip forward 30 seconds. Uh, the thing that I discovered is when you start the game, you're, you're, you start with your mech on the wall. And every time I've played it, I was just going up 
Turns out, you can go down. The wall goes in both directions. And there's different like biomes, depending which direction you go, different types of mines, different types of gems. So, I don't know, there's more to it than I initially knew, at least more to the world than I initially knew. So that's kind of can, neat. Can you, go, can you go laterally or is it 2D? It's only up or down when you're in the mech. But once you blast into the side of the wall and you get out of the mech, that's left to right up and down. Like you're sort of like in a spacesuit, kind of like floating around with your laser mining and that kind of stuff. So that's, cool. that goes lateral. Yeah. Well, very cool. So check out Wall World if you are interested in a game. Uh, DC, have you started your countdown to the last day of school? Tim, there's a part of me that starts my countdown on like September 10th. Um, and this year, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got about seven weeks, maybe give or take 30, somewhere around 35, uh, or so days it's right now you've got seven weeks left. Yeah, I think so. Let me look. I've got this week. I've got next week and I've got five weeks of summer courses. I am done. So it's the, it's, it's that day. I am done on June 16th. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I've got like seven and a half weeks until I am done, done. Oh, cool. My summer course ends. My last day is the ninth. So, yeah. So you'll be done, done a week before me. We're done. We're done. Like I said, around the 16th. That's awesome. Um, I can't wait to know what it's like to have time. It's a beautiful thing. Let me tell you. I mean, it's not like my wife will be around, so it's going to be kind of weird, I suppose. But has she stopped working from home? Is that no, over now? no, she still works from home uh, uh, several days a week, mostly on campus, only twice a week, but sometimes three times a week. So, where does she work? Does she has she set up the the guest bedroom as an office? Yeah, so it's still work? a guest bedroom. There's still a bed in there, but we did buy a desk and a chair, and I hooked her up with a monitor, so she brings her laptop home and hooks it up. There's a keyboard, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. So she's got her own little station in there. And uh, so she'll be, so she'll be home. She just might be working. Yeah. Except the days that she has to go in at least twice a week. So she going to call a cab. No. Uber. No. So even, so even on the days that you don't have to go to campus, you're still going to go to campus. Yep. I'm You're probably not going to stay, though. I'd probably just going to yeah. drop off yeah. and maybe I'll. It's going to be bad, though, because I'm going to be tempted to spend money. Like, I'm going to be tempted to go to uh, you know, Starbucks or something and just get a coffee and sit for a while. And that's going to get expensive. So I got to I got to not do that. I got to convince myself not to do that. I'm just but. I'm just throwing it out there. We're You're, you're going to have a lot of time. But. Between GQ and myself, like. And I know that would also require spending money because I doubt we're just going to sit there. But we could. You could you could meet GQ at your at your university library and get some writing done on this movie you're working on. I don't know if you know this, but GQ has responsibilities. How old are his kids now? They got to be like independent. You can leave them home alone for a while, right? Yeah, like, of course. What? Eight and four, maybe? Like, uh, trust me, I having taught eight-year-olds a good portion of time, many of them fend for themselves. All right. Oh, God. Uh, Doc, any chance of new episodes of Sound Scary? All the best, Tim. 
There's always a chance, Tim. And I will say, I think every time I see GQ, he says, when are we going to record season two? It sounds scary. So with that Another kind of motivation. Project. Another summer project. And then may, may, maybe with your free time, you could do Horrid too, season two. Horrid. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. If season Horrid two. does come back, it's not. It's only going to be because I like the title and it's not going to be the same format. It would be just my solo horror musings show, but I don't think I would do anything even remotely scholarly. There's no audience for it. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you. Join my Patreon. (laughs) Patreon.com forward slash horrid podcast. I'd like to point out how many patrons do you have? Oh, I don't have one. (laughs) Oh, you don't have one. I thought you that was a joke. I was, like, I was like, how have you not mentioned that? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Manson chimes in with her weekly email, baby mocks and stuff. Hello, gentlemen. We I bring gentlemen. news. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bring news to the besties of baby mocks born on Saturday. So not your birthday. Close. No. Close. Close. At 7.04 PM and weighing in at seven pounds, 10 ounces. Rochelle tells me the Although, whole thing. I could be wrong about this. Yes. And I don't know if this is sharing too much information. Rachel, I hope you're not going to be too embarrassed. I think the water may have broke on my birthday, though. She might have gone into labor on your birthday. So that's almost the baby. The baby. Baby Mox is holding out now. (laughs) Uh, Rochelle tells me the whole fam is doing well. And now nod rabbit emoji has a baby brother. Rachel, not is their rabbit. I did know that Rachel even told me she was watching raw in her hospital room at one point as a former bestie would say, everything is wrestling. Who used to say that? Jeremy. Oh yeah. I forgot about that guy. Uh, yeah. Have you heard from him? Nope. Okay. Hope he's doing well. Nope. I have a prediction. I have a prediction. Uh, DC. Yes. I know we still have to finalize brunch plans for this weekend. Yes. That is true. Maybe that's why I wasn't invited to the GQ thing, because we were doing brunch. We already had a thing. That's actually kind of true. That's true. And you would not have wanted to watch Zombie at starting at 9 p.m. at night. No, but I, you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's Doc's mother's birthday on Sunday, and he needs to figure out our plans. Haven't called home yet. I imagine we'll probably do something since I have not seen them for my birthday either yet. So you just saw them for Easter. Why not do the whole thing? Yeah, that's how I, that's kind of how I feel about it. Honestly. That's what my parents and I do. We do, we do. Technically one we did have a cake on Easter for my there brother and myself and my mom. So technically we kind of did it. Yeah. 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 Mom, happy birthday. I'd see you, but, but I already did. So uh, no. Also, I'm sure doc will regale you with the tale of all the fun he had on his birthday and his peace of positivity this week. No pressure. I, Thanks, GQ, for conspiring I already, I already with me. Regaled you. Loves and hugs and newborn baby snug. See photo below. Let's check out the photo. Even looks like Dean Ambrose. Not really. That's a cute baby. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Rachel. Yes, and, congratulations. Uh, husband, fiance, whose name I don't remember. What's his name? Rob. Rob. <laughs> I would have gotten there eventually. Uh, Nate, email. Good evening, my friends. 
Short one this week. I apologize. Quick question for each of you for a little discussion. DC, thoughts on the new elements in baseball? Getting rid of the shift and adding a pitch counter. I think both are great. Oh, man. I can't wait to teach you about baseball in the new podcast. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I think the new elements are great. Um, I, I, I question getting rid of the shift. Um, what that to me, you are basically saying, look, you are using data to figure out a way to make your team better. Let's take away your ability to do that. That I'm a little iffy on, uh, but everything else, the pitch counter, the larger bases, all of that stuff, I think is great. I enjoy that the games are over in about two hours. I've watched far more baseball this year than in previous years, mainly because the, the games are shorter. Cool. Doc, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but when is blood best used in horror? I think it's best used in the shining and hereditary terrifier in 2013 bit of overkill. I'll admit 2013 must be talking about evil dead 2013. Um, ah. yeah, I don't know, man. And for me, the best use of blood is, is like the old evil dead movies where it's over the top and can't be, and really played more for slapstick. I mean, you know, for years, DC and I have been saying on the show that we like the wrestle silly. I also like the horror silly. I've always liked uh, horror comedies. And I think blood can be used really effectively there in a lot of different ways. Evil Dead 2, honestly, Dead by Dime, one of my favorite films of all time, probably number one still. Um, so, like, there's a ton of blood in that movie, but, like, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, sometimes you'll even see, like, folks like YouTubers or whatever reviewing movies like I've, I've watched a couple just you know just because eh, i like horror and all that but i've seen some where they're talking about evil dead 2 and it's like there's a, this movie's full of continuity errors like like uh, when she 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 goes down to the hatch of the basement and that geyser of blood comes up and she gets completely drenched and then the next scene she's like completely dry and it's like yeah man like that's the goof like it's not a continuity error it's it's camp like it, it's stupid because that much blood couldn't have actually really come out of there. Maybe that's part of the demons fucking with them or whatever. But like it's part of the the absurdity of the situation that is being presented, I think, uh, which is why ultimately I, I love that film. It's manic. It's completely manic. Um, and that kind of those little details to me contribute to it. Um, but yeah, like don't get me wrong. Um I think we peaked in like the eighties with practical effects and I, and like that level, I don't get me wrong. There's something like the thing, which has tons of practical effects and is pretty gross and gooey at times. But even that, like, I feel like is better than your hostels or um, your, even a lot of the saw movies. I've got no interest in any of that torture style stuff. And some, again, some of the newer, like the evil dead stuff, some of that stuff I admit is uncomfortable. Like I don't like it. Um, but again, I mean, ultimately when you realize that, I mean, that's the point they're trying to make you uncomfortable. So like, I get it, but I just wish it was more fun. So that's for me. I think the blood to me, like the old slasher movies of the eighties, even though they were self-serious and they weren't all tongue in cheek, like some of them really were just trying to be a slasher movie. Right. But the blood there was still an element of camp. It was still an element of sort of un of an exclamation point on the scenes. You know what I mean? Like it used for emphasis, um, not necessarily 
for grossing you out. So I, I think when it enhances the fun, right? Um, and yeah, even The Shining. I mean, come on. Blood coming out of the elevators. Oh, hey, great homage to that also uh, in Evil Dead Rise, by the way. Um, great homage to The Shining. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that about sums it up. Thanks for the birthday wishes. All right. Have a great night and happy belated birthdays again. Sent from my iPhone. Question mark? We got, que- we got question marks in there. Uh, last email from the bestest of the besties, Glenn. Who are you going to call? Hi, guys. Just watching the Paranormal Channel on Pluto TV. I didn't know there was one of those on Pluto TV. I got to check that out. I was wondering if anything has happened to you that you couldn't explain or could call paranormal. The pub my father managed originally was an old coaching inn and was rumored to be haunted. And although I never saw anything, occasionally, if we were having a late drink, my mate's guide dog, seeing eye dog in the us, would start acting strangely. His fur would stand on end and he would get agitated. Thanks, as always, Glenn. Two ends, period. Hmm. Trying to think. Supposedly, when I was a kid, I have no recollection of this, um, but I would talk about a woman named Mary in my house. Again, no recollection, but I guess as a kid... I don't know if it was a dream. I don't know what it was. My The house I grew up in existed in parts uh, during the Revolutionary War. So being a two to three hundred year old house, I'm sure, you know, maybe something happened that could present it. But yeah, I, yeah, I will no. say, like, I feel like don't get me wrong. America has plenty of uh, rumors of haunted places, but like it's it's just not a very old country. And don't be wrong. There are some places like like that house that you're talking about. Yeah, they're a few hundred years old, and that can be creepy. But like, yeah. I feel like we don't have the history in our buildings the way that like of some other countries do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It doesn't doesn't have the same feel here. I don't think in a lot of ways. Um, but again, places like yeah, where you grew up, I think, and sure. a part of that too is you know, especially because like the old the house is old and some of it has aged in certain ways. Like I remember about your house, like uh, uh, like some of the floor was kind of like warped and uneven upstairs. Mm-hmm. It's like you yeah. always felt a little off kilter, a little sense of disequilibrium. And like, I think that's the kind of stuff that really, you know, starts flagging the subconscious parts of your brain and makes you start thinking that Mary, Mary is, uh, is in the corner, uh, you know, trying yeah. to get your attention. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of fun. I have a memory of being like outside with a friend. It was like dusk and we were like hiding behind a car from Mary. But I don't think I think that was just us imagining and then probably scaring ourselves. I don't recall ever seeing or, you know, and yes, growing up in a house like that, you hear sounds that you can't explain all the time just because it's an old piece of junk house that, you know creaked and groaned and did all of that stuff just on its own and did not have enough outlets for Nintendo not, entertainment. Systems. Of course not traumatic experience. You keep bringing it up. I remember going to, uh, the, the, the puppetry workshop in the middle of the night at some point and feeling very much like something could happen just because there are these giant 
you know, shadowy puppetry statue sort of looming over you as you walk through. Uh, again, nothing supernatural, but you know, your, your, your brain can kind of give you that sort of, I remember like, again, as a kid feeling like I had to run up the stairs really fast, like being chased by something just, you know, again, no reason for it. Just feeling you get, did you ever go? I could see you have been like, again, you are a little too scientifically minded to really believe in the supernatural, but I could also see you being like, yeah, I'll go explore the old, I think it's a cool idea and I think I'd be down to do some of it. Um, But I I would, I, yeah, I would, I I approach it from a place of skepticism where I, I I don't, uh, I think you'd be more just into the curiosity. Oh, this used to be in the same asylum in the 1930s. Let's go at night and just walk around and see what we can find. That'd be fun. Yeah. Cause like the thing that gets me, like I, I used to love watching that ghost hunters show when it was on sci-fi. And like, sure. it's fun, it's compelling, but it's just trash television, right? It's the same as any other reality television show where everything's made up and scripted. Um, like, the thing that gets me about it is like, none of the stuff that they show on that show as evidence is evidence of anything. No, of course you know not. What I mean, like, you can talk all day that you want about electronic voice phenomenon or whatever, EVPs, right? But like, mm-hmm. there's no evidence that it, that a disembodied voice showing up on a tape, whether that's real or not, like there's no evidence that that is evidence of an afterlife. There's no, there's nothing correlating that together. It could be mispicked up radio waves. It could be odd echoes. It could just be random sounds of the house that happen to sound like syllables of a word. You know what I mean? Like, just like there's no evidence of the existence of God, there's no evidence that any of this stuff that they use as evidence is evidence of anything. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. You mentioned radio waves. I had to study up on something because I had re- seen some article about how we were getting radio waves from outer space. And I was like, oh my God, they're real. And aliens exist and they're trying to communicate with us. And then I read up about it and went, uh, everything radio, radio, everywhere radio. is emitting radio waves yeah that was depressing <laughs> uh thank you to glenn and nate and mrs manson and tim and to a lesser extent brandon banks um for your emails the Doc least Mance, extent really yeah i'm putting the least effort in thanking you that i can <laughs> uh Doc Manson, what is your piece of positivity for this, your first week of your 40s? Yeah, I mean, I already explained it at the top of the show, but my birthday was a great day. Uh, I was genuinely surprised. Did not expect to see GQ. Loved watching The Last Drive and loved being able to see Evil Dead on opening day. Just seemed like the stars all aligned. Had a great dinner. Shared with a lovely wife who kept me a very thoughtful present, which was fun to watch and listen to. It was a good day. What was your piece of positivity going to be before Mrs. Manson told you in the email that you had to mention the birthday? Honestly, it was probably still that. Like, okay, just thought I'd ask. I mean, if anything, it would be a a sub fraction of it. Like, how many times on this show have I said my piece of positivity was Joe Bob Briggs? You know, you know what I mean. So, like, I probably would have talked about it anyways. And sure, the fact that they're back for the next season, this isn't just like one of the holiday specials, is great too because that means next Friday night. Boom, more last driving. Friday night after that, more last driving. Friday night after that, more last driving. The next, you know, 10 or 12 weeks or whatever, I'm looking up. Your 
your cup runneth over. Yes. So I'm looking forward to all that stuff. Excellent. Um, I think I'll mention a, a, a show. Um, if if you still have the Netflix, and I know many people are are kind of done with the Netflix. We have yet we signed up for a a separate Netflix account. I figured I got it for free with the you know getting an app on you know signing up for a year of the Calm app or something. Um, but nobody has yet gone onto my Netflix and said we can't watch because we're not in the house of we're not the primary homeowner. They delayed. Whatever enforcing that in the United States, I think another three months or something. So, ah, uh, okay. Either way. Um, if you head over to the Netflix, the, the number one show, I believe currently trending is a show called the diplomat, uh, with Carrie Russell, who people our age would know from Felicity, I believe is the show she was in. Uh, Rufus Sewell is in it as well. Um, we watched the entire first season over the weekend. We were feeling a little under the weather, so we just sort of parked ourselves on the couch. And this show and, is called Felicity? No, it's called The Diplomat, which stars Carrie Russell, who was in, in the 90s, I think, 90s, 2000s, a show called Felicity, which I believe was her claim to fame. Okay. Uh, but The Diplomat is about a, a woman played by Carrie Russell, um, who is, uh, was she Felicity asked, or was she just yes. in Felicity? No, she was Felicity. Was anyone was the else character. on the show in Felicity? I don't think so. Oh, Hey, Hey, now stop it with the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, diplomat. Go ahead. Yeah. So she is, she's the, you know, the, the husband and wife, the husband has been an ambassador. The husband has been a, you know, a, a government official. And she was kind of the person behind the scenes making stuff happen and, you know, doing all of these things. And now she has been tasked to be the ambassador to the UK after a terrorist attack. Um, I will not go into too many details, not to spoil it. Uh, but the idea is that she is being asked to do this job in preparation for perhaps um, another job. Um uh, it's just quite good. The The writing is good. There's intrigue. You get a little, if you're interested in government and how sort of those sorts of things. Is she works, a spy? She is not a spy. Good. Uh, she does some things that are, are uh, that are spy esque, not in terms of, um, does she know, do any action. spying? Not really, but there's some like clandestine meetings that happen. There are some, you know, there's some things of that nature again, whether it's true or not. Um, the season ended uh, with a serious cliffhanger, which is ballsy considering Netflix had not announced a season two. So uh, the, it sort of ends with a here. I dare you not to renew us. Um, but it was. It, it sounds was like something watching. Netflix would do. We watched we watched eight episodes in, you know, uh, a day and a half. So um, we also watched Ghosted with Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Um, less recommended, but also if you have Apple TV and it's free, go ahead and watch it. But uh, but yes, we did a lot of viewing things. So... Ah, sound like fun. But yes. So, you know, again, if you're into that sort of show, I think you will enjoy it. I hope you're into this sort of show. <laughs> Me uh, too. I think, Especially after 361 episodes. Because I think we've we've sort of just said we're going to wrap it up at 400. I think every week I'm going to try to get that number down a little bit. 
I think every time we get to the number that we actually decide upon, it'll probably just keep going. Oh, gotta gotta move on to unless we're just unless we're gonna totally change format and just call it DDT. We've been saying then, that for eighteen years. We're clearly never doing that. Uh, then we need to put air quotes around the wrestling part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, Doc Manson, a pleasure as always. Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? After a freak accident, a disturbed priest is transformed into a mutated killing machine on a mission to wipe out the godless fans of heavy metal music. I don't really know what this is. I mean, it's a movie, Death to Metal. Um, is that what is that what you're going to watch this Friday on Joe Bob? No, I just happened to come across it, and it sounded okay. so ridiculous. I just. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) uh, if you like what you've heard and how could you, patreon.com, also emails, podcasts at whatever, (laughs) do that stuff (laughs) send us a thing. Thanks, bye. Podcast podcast at whatever. He is Doc Manson, who the hell cares? I'm DC Matthews. Go! Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us on 361 glorious episodes. Until we meet again, my friend. Won't you be our bestie? I'm a goat sucker. <laughs>